Welcome back to the ball, episode number eleven. Let's kick start things this week with a little bit of Champions League news. It's round of sixteen. Let's see who qualified and is going on to the next round, and let's also see who's going to the Europa League and who's just not playing anymore, at least in Europe. Group A, Bayern topped the table or topped the group, sixteen points. Atletico Madrid came out second, so they're advancing. Group B. Madrid had a little bit of a scare there. Um, I was, I personally wasn't sure if we were going to make it, but we did. And Munchen Gladbach coming out second in that group. Brian, did you catch any of these games? You know, you don't watch Munchen Gladbach? No, I'm, I'm not super familiar with uh, their work, but oh, okay, I'm okay. sure we'll catch missing, more in that round of six. You're missing out, man. You're missing out. Group C, we've got Man City leading the way. Porto's coming in. They're also going to the round of sixteen. Group D, we've got Liverpool and Atalanta off to the six, off to the round of 16, so the champions making their way through there. Ajax a little disappointing there after a couple deep runs these past few years not to have made the round of 16. Yeah, only seven points going through the Europa League. Group E, we've got Chelsea leading the way. Sevilla coming in second. Chelsea had 14 points. Sevilla coming in with 13. Group F, we've got Dortmund at 13 points. Top of the group. And Lazio. Also joining them in the round of 16. Then we've got Group G. Juventus, Barcelona tied on points. But what a game that was between Barcelona and and Juventus. Ronaldo always finding a way to score, no matter what. When they're gifted a penalty there, that hey, two of them actually. You know, it all comes up as a goal on the stat sheet. So, uh, goal's a goal, even if it is from Penaldo. <laughs> now we've got Group H. PSG. Leading the way again, and Leipzig also tied on points, 12 points. And the big news in here, Manchester United eliminated from the Champions League. So uh, let's see how that pans out. Maybe they focus a bit more on the league. Maybe it's a good thing. We'll see what happens. Now, turning off our attention back on the English Premier League, I want to start by talking about Chelsea and Leeds. So Chelsea dispatched of Leeds. 3-1 and they look good they've got great players obviously they score goals they're fifth in the league they've got 12 goals right now Spurs leads at 16 goals they're in good form their last five they've won four only drawn once now now I'm hearing some Chelsea's a serious contender which they are and now I'm hearing they are favorite and people are saying maybe they might just win the whole thing which they might but let's let's calm down a little bit. Let's not get arrive to that consensus off a win by beating Leeds. Because who is Leeds, really? They're 14th in the league. They've got one win in their last five games. They've got a negative four goal differential. They're newly promoted. Last season, they were playing teams like Middlesbrough, QPR, and Barnsley. That's it. They are fun to watch. I'm kind of they're, they're fun to watch. But. I, I, Chelsea's a good team. They should be beating this team. And I think next week when they play Everton, a bit more respectable opponent. If Chelsea can get through that, looking as impressive as they did against Leeds, I think I think they're very serious contenders right up there with Tottenham. And Liverpool, I might add. And, you know, Liverpool actually, there's some admirers of that Chelsea squad in their camp. Klopp actually came out and said that they're the favorites. 
maybe looking to take a little pressure off themselves, but still. That's true. That's true. Let's let, let's keep Liverpool in there. They've they've the only thing that kind of puts me off about Liverpool is the injury of Van Dijk. I think the later on we progress into the season, maybe that becomes a bit more of a problem. But so far, so good for, for Liverpool. And speaking of Liverpool, we're gonna ask about Liverpool now. Let's see Wagwan with Liverpool. Well, they had the most impressive win of the weekend by far with their dominant display over Wolves. Okay, one might argue though, it is Wolves. That is true. You know, there, there was a Wolves team without Jimenez, but the, the, the performance can't be understated. You know, they were fluid in the attack. Uh, Callahan, our uh, academy prospect, goalkeeper, came up with a couple big saves after a really great performance in the Champions League. And, you know, they're you're missing key guys as you mentioned Van Dyke's out we had to slide Fabinho into the back line uh, it's not our normal squad but they, we keep getting results which is impre- which is what has been impressing me about Liverpool this season is injuries no matter what you keep picking up points where you can just look at the guys that came off the bench for us Trent Alexander-Arnold back off of injury comes on instant impact with a trademark whipped in early ball on the ground that led to an own goal we have Jota coming on. Obviously, always a threat. It's, it's there's not much not to like about the squad outside of the injuries. That leads us into the writers' corner. Now, the Athletic released this article. It's about Liverpool's throwing coach, Thomas Gronemark. He is a former sprinter. Used to be on the Danish bobsleigh team. He started coaching throw-ins back in 2004. Now, I'm not sure what prompted him to start coaching throw-ins, but he did that back in 2004, and he joined Liverpool in 2018 as their throw-in coach. Now, he describes throw-ins to fall into three categories. There's a long throw-in, which is 20 meters or more. There's fast and clever throw-ins. Obviously, Liverpool like to employ clever and fast. And as you can see, they've only had 10 shots from long throw-ins since Thomas joined. So lots of emphasis on the fast and clever throws. He also helps with distance throws. Now, Andy Robertson, when when Thomas joined the team, could only throw 19 meters with his throw-ins. A couple weeks, maybe months, maybe years. Now he's up to 27 meters with his throw-ins. And Thomas's throw-in philosophy actually works. Just last week in the Champions League versus Atalanta, Liverpool turned a throw-in under pressure at the halfway line to a goal after seven seconds. Now, there might have been some perfectly played balls and uh, nicely threaded through balls in there, but still, the, there's a throw-in magician there and little... I knew nothing about this man. Brian, did you know anything about this throwing magician? I was unfamiliar with his work, but it's you just show the numbers. He's making a difference. Well, hey, that's uh, that's the writer's corner. That's the writer's corner. Now, let's jump into Across the Pond. This is where we highlight the best U.S. men's national team players who are playing over in Europe in some of the biggest leagues, some of the biggest competitions. And who better to tell us about Americans than an American? 
Bren, what's across the pond? What's going on across the pond this week? We've had a really exciting week uh, for our American-based players over in Europe. Just this past weekend, we had three different American players score on the same day across the major leagues. And Weston McKinney, Christian Pulisic coming on in the sub with Chelsea, and Gio Reyna had a really nice goal for Dortmund. And, you know, get all those guys are in their teens or young 20s, and they're making impacts uh, across, on the biggest stage. You know, w- the guy that's really impressed me or is beginning to impress me even more is McKinney. I really didn't watch his game. Now I got a chance to sit down and watch him uh, play that Barcelona game, and he's got a really good feel for the game. He's, he's got nice presence there in the middle, playing in the hole, and also puts in a little bit of defensive work. Um, I think if I was an American fan, American U.S. national team fan, I would, I would say that he has potential to maybe one day overtake Pulisic and become even more influential. What do you, what, what do you think about that take? I think it's possible, especially with the quality around him at Juventus. Uh, like you, I was really skeptical of that move when it first went through. You know, McKinney really had improved himself on a large scale and to be thrust into a midfield behind the likes of Ronaldo and Diabala and those great attacking players, I wasn't sure if he was prepared, but he's he's proved himself that he's a capable player in there and that he can make a difference. And what a goal. This- oh, yes. And you know what's really helping with him in that team is he's playing alongside some very senior midfielders like um, what's the what's the guy from Arsenal? Um, Aaron Ramsey. Yes. He's playing alongside Aaron Ramsey, which he's a calm, composed player, and sometimes you need that if you're a young player. You know, you don't want to play maybe alongside a uh, Pogba or something who's going to press forward and maybe leave you back there alone. So I feel like he fell into a, a pretty good team who's very much a mature team who can lead him along, and so far so good with that move. Well, to your point with Ramsey, too, Ramsey is, was in a very similar position to McKinney when he first joined the league. He was thrust into that Arsenal squad as a teenager. I'm sure you could really relate to McKinney's journey here to Juventus. That's true. That, that Juventus team has some very good leadership. Some very, very good leadership. Now, I think we need to hop into the Balls Power Rankings. We're, sh- we're shaking up the Balls Power Rankings this week. Coming in at number five, we've got Manchester United. This is their first appearance in the Balls Power Ranking. Now, on the table, you'd think I would put Southampton here. But Man United ends up sneaking in. It's because they've won three in a row, which is a league league best. They're only three points away from second place. They're currently sixth, which showing just how competitive the Premier League actually is. They're informed domestically, although they got knocked out in the UEFA Champions League. They've got City next, which I think is a very big game in terms of how the rest of the season looks. If they pick up three points this weekend, think of the confidence boost that gives them going into the easier stretch of games they've got after that. Well, it's exciting too that game this weekend because Man City's equal on points with United and either of those teams come out with three points, they're going to be thrust into that top three at the table. I think Manchester City has been feeling left out a little bit here with the Balls Power Rankings. They, this is their chance to finally make it into the Balls Power Rankings. Yeah, they're having a tough time with the media, but especially this market here. You know, they've just got to get the three points and we'll make some changes. 
At number four, we've got Leicester City. They're fourth in the league. It looks like Vardy is finally back to full fitness after his muscle injury. Get Kurzman after that goal this weekend. Oh, yeah. He really took it out on the corner flag there. Um, it's a great win from them this over the past weekend. They actually haven't drawn a match all season. So they're either winning or losing uh, every game. No in-between for Leicester City. Now, coming out number three, we've got Liverpool. Although they are in second place on the table, I just can't get rid of the fact that Van Dijk is not there, and I don't know how that's going to look once the season keeps going. Um, Alexander-Arnold is back, which was very, very big for Liverpool this weekend, and they've got Fulham next, which is three points, and Salah is in form, scored a goal. Actually, from last season, the top five goal scorers all scored exactly one goal. So everything stayed the same up there, which was a little interesting stat. And second, we've got Chelsea. They're third. They look healthy. They're just ramping up, I think. They have a plus 14 goal differential. Their last five, they've won four, lost one. I think they're picking up a really good run of form here. Let's see them win. Let's see them beat someone other than Leeds, and I think I'll be a believer, possibly even throw them into that number one spot. Well, I think the, the biggest thing Chelsea has going for them right now is their depth, especially while making a Champions League run, while also competing for the Premier League. They, at every given position, they have somebody else capable that they can throw in there. Anything is possible with a little Russian financing. <laughs> Anything is possible. Now, number one, we've got Tottenham. They're staying top. They've got their number one on the table. They've got the best goal differential, and they've scored 16 goals, which is also a league best. They've got an easy, easy win over the weekend, rolling over Arsenal. Three points there, and they just keep going. They keep fighting. Let's see how the season goes. Let's see how the season goes. Thanks for tuning in to The Ball, airing every Wednesday on Apple iTunes and Spotify. Let's get the ball rolling. See you next week.